tremendously. Amen. Today we're having a conversation about it's only natural. I'm going to pray in just a moment. If you've got your Bibles, we're going to actually be in Matthew chapter 28, verses 16 through 20. You'll probably know that scripture well. It's the Great Commission. But there's some conversation that we're going to have before we get there. But I want to pray uh, to really open our hearts to this talk, to this ability to open God's word and to communicate. And it's really for those of us who are here and, and if maybe you're online, how it's going to challenge us today as we walk out as we leave here today and, and go about our business and do our thing, how is it going to leave an imprint on our heart to be specific and to be open and to be serious about our faith and how we share that with other people? So let's pray and let's get into it. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to come to open your word in a free country, to come together freely. Lord, I pray that we never take that for granted, that we always are reminded of how valuable this moment is, community, and how important it is for each one of us in the body of Christ. Lord, uh, tune our hearts to your word. Give me the words to speak purely to be a vessel of who you are today, God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, as we dig in here, I think we can all come to one specific agreement, and we all can agree on this, that the world has changed. The world's changed. It's a different world the last couple years have been different. How we do things are different. For us in student ministry, how we do student ministry is different. The world in a whole has changed. The way we shop, right? The way we order food, the way we go to theme parks, the way we do our normal live tasks have somewhat changed. May not be drastic, but they've changed. For some of those things, they're a positive, right? Some of the things we did, they needed to kind of catch up with the technology that was out there, right? Online ordering for shopping, fantastic. If you use Target, it's great, right? So <laughs> there are just certain things for busy families or for individuals that the technology just wasn't caught up. So there's great life improvements to that change. But then there are some things that have changed that may not be the best. And the one we're really gonna talk about today is this idea of community and how for the last couple of years, we've seen just how important and valuable community is. But we have to be open and honest that community has changed some. How we gather and how we function, how we do things as a community has changed. It's okay, we have to be aware of it, but we have to know that it's changed. As believers, as we know Pastor Chris has talked about it before, one of our main responsibilities is to be a vital part of the kingdom's growth here on earth. And the majority of that takes place and happens through community. So being open and prepared and ready, being used by God as we come together in community to reach the world, to reach those who are lost, to reach individuals who are seeking and looking, that's our responsibility as followers. We have the responsibility to show and to share, to come alongside people who are searching, the ones who are searching for answers. They're seeking something greater and deeper than they know that they have right now. You know, it's been incredible within student ministry to just see how students are more open now to hearing how God can move in their lives and in other individuals' lives than they've ever been before. I've been in ministry for 10 years working with students. 
they've seen the chaos that's happened around them and they're asking a lot of really fantastic questions and they're looking for those answers. And you know what? As adults, we're doing the same exact thing. There are people who are seeking and looking for answers because the world that they originally had all tied up and it was a nice bow and it functioned and it worked became unraveled and chaos ensued. And they're looking for stability and they're looking for a place for their answers, I mean, for their questions to be answered. There's some numbers that I want to kind of read out to us that I want us to kind of be aware of. Barna, the, you know, the, the research com- com- company, did this research data. I want to read right from their website here. It says, recent data shows that among practicing Christians, those who identify as Christian agree strongly that faith is very important in their lives and attend church at least monthly. That was before COVID. After COVID, over half, about 53%, said that they streamed their regular church online within the past four weeks of them doing this compiling of this study. Now, are we saying online streaming is bad? No, thank God we have the technology that allows us as if we travel, we can still be connected with our home church. If we're snowbirds, we have the ability to still be connected, right? But post-COVID, 53% of those individuals say that they prefer streaming online regularly. Another 34% admit to streaming different church services other than their own, essentially digitally church hopping. Now, again, I'm reading information, not saying whether that's right or wrong. I'm reading the data that they've posted. Finally, one-third of practicing Christians, about 32%, said that they have done neither since COVID. Neither since COVID. 32% of practicing Christians, who, by the way, attend a church monthly, at least once a month, have now said that essentially the community, I'm not talking about just church as the organization, I'm talking about the idea of community because that's what we are. We're a body of people, of believers. Essentially this group has said that they're gonna drop out or not be a part of the community of church for the time being. That should be staggering. That should be something that we step back and say, wait a second, hold on. As a community of people, as believers, as individuals, who, by the way, we'll see in Matthew 28, our responsibility is the great commission, right? Is to be in community and to see God work and move in mighty ways and to share that with other people. And I'm more than certain that in our own lives, we've seen family members and friends, maybe schoolmates, maybe coworkers. We've seen that exact pattern happen in their lives. Prior to, they would be normal church attenders or community attenders. But since COVID, it has not been or is a priority in their lives. So we have to ask ourselves here, what do we do about this? So not only has the world changed, right? But church has changed, the body of Christ has changed. And, and if we're honest, that 32% of individuals over anything are probably the individuals that need to be a part of the community the most, correct? Because it's through the community that we grow. It's through the community that we're challenged. It's through the community of God that we see God working in mighty, mighty ways. 
So now that we have this information, now that we know this, what do we do with that data? How do we handle it? First, we have to put an action plan together. Second, we have to execute that action plan. So the first thing we have to understand with this this issue, this challenge, is that 32% of people are no longer coming to church. And again, they're most likely the individuals that need the community. Now, I'm saying that for us to understand how vital and important our community is. So we see the problem. It's very plain, very to the point, very straightforward, right? Second, we have to understand that the community, and again, I'm not talking about the physical building. I'm talking about us as the people, is incredibly important. Incredibly important. So that leads us to the third thing, which is why. Why is it so important? Why is it so important for us as Christians to be in community? What's that purpose? What's the point? What's the reason? We come to church on Sundays. For some of us, it's Wednesdays. We have connection groups we go to. Is it something that we just do because it's mundane and it's normal and it's something we grew up doing? Or is it because there's a purpose and a reason that we do it? That's what we're gonna understand today. And as we dive into our conversation, here's a question that I want you to write down that as we go through this, we'll need to figure out how to answer. And here's our question, so write this down. What do I do with the encounters of hope and grace from God in my life? I'll read it again. What do I do with the encounters of hope and grace from God in my life? I think in a room this size, for those of us online, We can all probably say that within the last week, God has done something in our life that's been impactful. Whether huge or little, it's very relevant that he was at work in our life doing something. What do you do with that? That's the answer we have to, that's the question we come to the answer. See, living our lives is one of the most significant ways to share both the power and the movement of God. I came to know Jesus because somebody talked to me about what Jesus did for them. Not just about the cross and what Jesus did on the cross, but how Jesus changed their life. For us, the community is all about what Jesus has done for each one of us individually that translates into people's lives being radically changed. So what happens is we see God working in and through us. We get the opportunity to share that knowledge with those who are around us in community. What that then does is leads us to the ability to share about the power and the saving grace of Jesus Christ. Maybe that's at work. Maybe that's at home. Maybe it's in your connection group. Here, Sunday mornings in corporate worship. I hope as we come here on Sunday mornings, we don't just talk about the weather, a coworker. But my challenge is that when we come together, we we talk about what, what what did God do in your life this last week? How did he appear? How did he make himself known for you? That's what the body is all about, coming together collectively to see that. So let's break this down a little bit further, right? So I'm a follower of Jesus, right? We could probably claim that in here. I see that he works in me and he works through me. And one of my responsibilities is to take 
that work that he's doing with me and on me, of course, and through me and other people's lives. And I have a responsibility to then take that and to share that as a testimony, to share that with other individuals, to share that with my wife or our students in youth ministry or the leaders we have in our youth ministry or our, our small group, our connection group. You know, in our connection group, when we meet every other week, we have a portion of Bible study and talk, and then the next portion we do, we split up, and we get in groups of disguise and of girls, and we literally just share about what God's doing in our lives, or where we need prayer or challenge or encouragement. That's the community. That's the community of God working and doing things. And those who come in who don't know Jesus and are unsure of the situation seeking answers, it may be through that communal, that time of coming together that they're encouraged and they're challenged. And they get to see God moving in a mighty way in somebody else's life. That then could lead them to seek him or seek more answers. We have to take that experience and that knowledge. We have to pass that along to others. And what that does is, like I said, that could lead others to pursue Jesus more. In my case, hearing somebody else's testimony, hearing somebody else talking about what God did for them led me to give my life to, to Jesus. It led me to give my life over in surrender because I saw what God was doing. I, I knew that there had to be a movement. There had to be something real about this. It leads so many people to become believers and to accept and to understand who Jesus is because we're gathering in that community and we're coming together and we're sharing and we're talking about what God's doing in our lives and how he's working in our lives. It sounds familiar, right? Well, it's because it is. God has commanded us. He has given us instruction as believers to do this exact thing. Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20, it says this, then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Verse 19 says, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. By the way, when he says, therefore go and make disciples, he didn't give specific instruction like, only stand on the street corner and preach. He didn't say only, uh, you know, go to church and just preach. He didn't say only read Bible verses. No, no, what he said is he said, go, go. Therefore, go, take action. I'll leave it up to you as a personal individual to make that connection in community with other people about what's happening and what's going on. He keeps moving on there. says, disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I am with you always to the very ends of the age. See, this idea of meeting together We're instructed, we're challenged. It's a vital part of the kingdom growing. It's a vital part of God's movement in this world. Go, make disciples, preach the word, share it, live it, be it. We're challenged by God to do that. God, he created us to be in community, to share life's experiences. You know, we live in a world today, if you're on social media at all, you know that we live in a world today 
that is all about sharing an experience. We share them in 15 to 30 second experiences, Snapchat, Instagram stories. I don't even know all the social media platforms. Facebook has them. We are absolutely, as a culture, addicted to sharing our experiences, sharing snippets of our lives, sharing these little tiny pieces of who we are. We are absolutely and totally addicted to it. And the truth is, is the individuals who watch them, I, I see these influencers on Instagram, what they've done with these snippets is created community. And every time somebody comes to that community, the reason they're coming to that community is they're coming there to be wowed or inspired or challenged. They're coming to that, that, that community because they're seeking something more than what they have. Most people call, they're just looking to be entertained. No, the reality is, is that they're lost, they're broken, and they're seeking the challenge and the problem with this obsession of telling stories is that the majority of those stories are, are not authentic. They're fake. They're not real. It's a facade. They're creating an environment on their social platform to draw a community, and unfortunately, the drawing of that community is one that's not real. And I know you know that. With any wisdom at all, you, you see these snippets of information. You say, wait a second, that, that's not right. There's, that's not real. There's no way that could have happened like that. How in the world did this take place? Where was the cameraman? That's always the question I ask if I ever see it. I'm like, how is the cameraman there? If this is supposed to just happen, perfect shot, right? It's always perfect. We know in our lives that we live in an imperfect world. We're addicted with this. So here's the deal. If the community in the world is so addicted to these ideas of snippets of, of information, of stories, of knowledge, and that's how some of these videos get millions of views because people are seeking and they're looking. This leads us to a couple observations. The first one is this. As Christians, there is a harvest field available of people seeking something unique. Well, I'm pretty sure Jesus is unique. I'm pretty sure what he's done and what he did on the cross, no one else has been able to duplicate. Pretty unique. Second thing, our friends, our family, coworkers, they're craving stories, they're craving experiences that make them go, wow. That make them pause for a moment and say, wait, 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 what? What happened? That happened? That, that took place? Allows them to be challenged in a way. That's what those millions of people are seeking. As Christians, we have that ability and opportunity to have one, something incredibly unique, being Jesus, and two, we have the work that he does in our lives to share with others, for those people to be impacted, wowed, so to speak, by what God can do and has done in people's lives. And here's the deal. Satan, he's working incredibly hard to do one, keep us as the church totally confused. Totally confused. He's challenging us and pushing us to not meet together 
to not hold our experiences. We live in a culture today where sharing what somebody has done or how God has worked in your life, we live in a culture today that says you're not allowed to do that. You have to keep it to yourself. Don't share your faith. Don't tell other people about what God's doing. It's, you can't do that. You may upset somebody. You may hurt somebody. Listen, that's simply Satan doing everything he can to stop us from sharing our faith. We have endless stories as believers, endless stories to share with that wow factor. And here's the deal. As believers, we have the ability to see God moving in our lives all over the place. I hope that over this Thanksgiving time that you had some time to sit with family. And I hope that you took some time out to maybe talk a little bit about what God's done in your life. Not to preach and to teach and to jump into somebody, no, no. Simply just to maybe pull a, a nephew or a cousin, an uncle, an aunt, pull them aside. I hope you took some time to just share with them, man, this is what God's been doing in my life. This is how he's been moving. It's those little communities, those little impacts that challenge people to grow deeper or to begin a walk with Jesus as they move, as they are seeking their answers and they're looking Seeing God move in our lives, it gives us the ability to have endless stories, endless stories to share, to tell people about God moving and doing things. But are we open to that? Are we aware of it? When you encounter hope and grace from God, it's only natural for us to share that gift with others. We have so many examples to see how God moves in such a mighty way. As we dive into our scripture, I wanna set the stage here. Matthew 28, verse 16 is a point in history where Jesus was buried, killed, buried, and at this point he is resurrected. That's a big deal. See, what's happened is Jesus has resurrected from the tomb at this point. He is no longer in the tomb. He is out of the tomb. The tomb's open Jesus is not in it. And hear me out. The religious establishment at that time, if you go a couple verses prior to this, they are creating this false story about what happened to Jesus' body. They are simply telling everybody that the disciples stole the body, beat the guards up. It's not there because they took it. The religious establishment at that time is absolutely freaking out about what took place. And you know what? They had the right to. Because three days before, not only did the religious establishment, but all the people in the land saw that this guy, Jesus, well, he was hung on a cross and he was killed for what they claimed to be his heresy, calling himself the son of God. Now he's no longer in the tomb and he is out of the tomb. This religious establishment, they are freaking out. They don't understand. It's a huge upset. They're being challenged. I'm sure people are whispering. They're talking about it. Three days before, there were a ton of people who witnessed this take place, and now Jesus is no longer there. We pick up right after where Jesus meets with his disciples. He tells them specifically, hey, I want you to go to this specific place. We're going to meet together, and he gives them this instruction, and this instruction that he gives them is to go share the message of hope. What's the message of hope? Well, Jesus talked so much in his life about having a transformed life when he was alive. 
He challenged the disciples to go out and to share the experiences. If you go back to that word, you'll see that scripture. If you go back to that scripture, it says very specifically there. Verse 19, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. These guys traveled with Jesus for three years. For three years, they saw Jesus do things. They experienced things. They experienced the movement. They experienced the understanding. They saw God do things that nobody else was capable of. Jesus calls them together. He challenges not only them, but he challenges us today. He says, hey, Take the experiences, the knowledge, and go. And by the way, the community, as you come together and you challenge each other and you grow together, there may be people in the seats next to you or sitting in front of you or behind you. They need to hear about those stories. They need to hear about the movement of God. They need to hear about the experiences and the challenges. They need to hear about how I'm working in your life and how I'm doing things. They need to hear about how I'm moving. And here we are today as believers. 32% have made a decision to say, we'll put this on pause. That leaves us who are here today to say, wait a second. This is incredibly important. This is incredibly valuable for us to come together as the community of Christ. To know that is our responsibility to continue sharing what God is doing in our lives. You know, in student ministry, one of the big challenges that we throw out to our students is always to invite their friends. And they always say to us, well, when I invite a friend, they just say no. I said, okay, I get it. How about you tell them about what's going on in youth group and how you're impacted by it? You know what happens? Teenagers are like, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I want to experience something like that. Something's actually happening. Okay, I want to see what's going on there. Well, guess what? As adults, the same thing works. Remember, we live in a culture that is hungry, that is searching, that is seeking. And we've been given the instruction, go, share. Share, tell, teach them. When we experience God's deep love and his grace and his forgiveness through Jesus, we should want to share that message. We should want to lay that out. We should want to see other people experience that. Coming together as a community is fantastic, but there's a purpose. It's to build one another up. It's to encourage one another. It's to challenge one another. It's to be available for those who are seeking and looking and desiring something more and deeper in their lives. The reason we can't stop meeting together here in corporate worship or in our connection groups or wherever that is, is because there are people all around us waiting to hear about what God's doing. They're waiting to hear all about how God is going to move in their life. They just, they may not understand that yet. They may not know that yet. That may not be present to them because God's waiting on us to step into it. He's waiting for us to move into that place. 
we were commanded. Verse 19, therefore go, make disciples of all nations. That wasn't just certain people. That challenge was for all of us as believers. So then what do we do? How do we take action? How do we step into the place God needs us to be so we can move? First of all, we need to open ourselves up to it. We need to not be afraid and think, and I know so often we overanalyze and overthink what that means, therefore go. Just simply sharing about what God is doing in your life is enough to encourage or challenge someone else to probably start asking more questions, begin to open up a little bit, talk a little bit more. Those testimonies are incredibly important for us. So having the ability to open our hearts for it. Think of it like this. I want you to ask yourself this question. When was the last time you shared something that you liked? Maybe it was a menu item at a restaurant. You have a favorite meal somewhere? What about a movie? When was the last time you shared a movie with somebody? You said, oh man, you have to go see this. It was great. It was awesome. We do it all the time. Probably every day we make recommendations about different things all the time. Chances are, is that when it comes to our faith, we kind of step back a little bit and think, well, it it may be too much. It may be a little bit of a push. Maybe that's not necessarily, but maybe, I mean, it's not a movie. We're talking about like eternal life, by the way. Like we're talking about something serious here. So often we we so easily would just share about a movie or a, a, a meal or a restaurant. But what about stepping into sharing about what God's doing in our lives? What about stepping into that place of, this is what God did for me. I bet if we took a poll in this room, the majority of us came to faith in Jesus because somebody said something. Because somebody said something. That still works today. Even after we've been Christians for 100 years, that same process still works today because as human beings, we love community and we love being in it. And it's so incredibly important for us to stay and be in community because it's in that community where people's lives are radically changed. It's in that community where hearts are changed and they're moved. And it's because we're willing to say, oh, this is what God has done for me. We're willing to step into that place. It's only natural if we're willing to share about a movie or a food. It should be 10 times easier to share about the saving grace of Jesus and how God's moving in our lives in an incredible way. You know, like I said before, we had an opportunity during the holiday there, Thanksgiving, to be around people that we may not normally be around. Distant cousins, family, whatever. You know what? We, you may be the only Christian in your family. Did we put ourselves in a position to share about what Jesus did? If not, then what are we going to do the next time we get together? How are we going to encourage each other here at the body 
to go and do that. Because you know what's most exciting is being in a connection group and hearing about God doing something in somebody else's life. Then you get fired up. You're like, all right, what's God done in my life? All right, let's go. And you get excited and you get pumped. And you go and you share that with other people. And before you know it, you have this trail of people that are hearing about what God has done because you were open and willing to share about the experiences of God in your life. That's our challenge. We see the problem. There's a ton of people no longer going to church. The solution or, or, or the response to that is Jesus told us very clearly, go. They're there, go get them. Our action plan is to be open to the movement of God and to see how he can work in mighty ways by just allowing us to be open to what he can do. So I, I wanna challenge us if we're here today and maybe we're that person that's saying, hey, I'm actually looking for a little bit more. I, I'm actually seeking. I, I really don't understand or comprehend this whole Jesus thing, like I'm kind of on the fringe, I'm on the fence post, I'm not 100% sure, I'm not totally understanding of what's taking place. My encouragement is that you see how important it is to keep coming and being a part of the community. Because through that, you're gonna hear about the experiences of Jesus. Through that, you're gonna hear about the life change of what God has done. If you're on the other side of that and you are a believer, then I encourage you that you continue to keep talking or start talking and never stop talking about what God is doing in your life. Maybe that's through a connection group or at work with a, you know, your fellow Christian believers or, or whatever that looks like. Don't ever stop talking about what God is doing. There are millions of people who are looking for those unique experiences and we have it. It's through Jesus and what he's done for us on the cross. We've been commanded, we've been challenged, it has been handed to us, go make disciples. For us, it's through that community, it's through that opportunity to come together. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. God, my challenge for us, Lord, is that we see just how important that community is, God. you made community such a vital part of our lives as human beings. We crave it, we desire it, we look for it. And God, it's incredible to see how you use that community as a tool to grow your kingdom. And I just pray, Father, that we, we don't abandon that. And that we continue to chase that and we continue to see that just opening our mouths and talking about what you're doing, sharing those experiences, God, makes a deep impact in those who are around us. And God, we just thank you for giving us the strength to do that. Father, I pray for those who, man, they don't have a relationship with you. They haven't started one with you, God. I pray that, Father, they see the value and the importance of that community. And they see that it's through that community they're gonna hear about the saving grace of Jesus. They're gonna experience that connection, Lord. And it's through that, God, that their answers are given to them. 
and that they trust in who you are and they give their life over to you. Father, I thank you for this day. Encourage us as we leave here, God. Challenge us to seek community and challenge us to be willing to open our mouths and to talk about those experiences that you're doing through us and in us, Father. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen.